This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. And as today is the first Monday of the month, I, of course, have someone from Leronomics on the line. Today, I am talking about cracking the code for motivation with Adeline Yi, Customer Success Partner at Leronomics. So first of all, uh, thank you for being on the show with me today. But tell me about why you wanted to talk about motivation today. Well, hi, Christine. Thank you for having me here. So, you know, today, um, there's been a lot of um, talks about people feeling unmotivated, right? Mm. Right. So... I just want to share more about what are the insights that could probably help us to get along with that, to move along in that space to a better place, right? Because, you know, when you're feeling unmotivated, you end up, you know, having to cope with difficulties in life challenges. It probably disrupts your routine at work or at home. So it's really something that hopefully that will help us um, improve our lives as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds fairly obvious, but when you lack motivation, you can't really get anything done, right? Absolutely. And that's all right, right? Yeah. And also, you know, it's been such a long time as well. And I think one thing about motivation is that the pandemic especially has really affected people's motivations. When you're stuck at home with the same four walls every day for the past 18 months, it's been really, really difficult to sort of have, you know, that intrinsic need or like that want to do things. So, you know, uh, tell me a little bit about that and how you think the pandemic especially has affected motivation. Well, the pandemic has actually turned our lives upside down, you know, like because of the pandemic, we all have to go through huge unwanted changes. Uh, For example, we can't go out as freely as we want to. Um, Nowadays, we have so many procedures that we need to follow, right? And not only just that, like some people have to lose their jobs. So at certain point, all of us would have experienced some form of loss. You know, it could be a loss of a loved one, a family, or even just something as simple as the freedom of choice. You're losing that choice, right? So all that actually is giving this feeling of discomfort, right? Mm. And actually this discomfort is what a psychologist, he, um, his name is David Kessler. He's an expert on grief. And he actually labels that as collected grief, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And over time, you know, as you're right, you've already put it as 18 months. It's been so long. And by now, if we actually seep ourselves through these um, negative emotions, right? that actually makes us feel fatigued. And that will also affect our motivation Mm. because it drains our energy. Yeah, and this is also not a short-term problem. I mean, you can have bursts of feeling unmotivated, but this has been, uh, I guess, something chronic that has been happening for such a long time, right? Yeah, Mm. that's right. Yeah. And also, you know, I think that we've had a lot of conversations, especially across the term of the pandemic uh, around mental health and around, you know, uh, there there are lots of terms now that have come out, uh, for example, languishing, right? Like terms like that have come up, as you mentioned, collective grief, collective trauma uh, have also been popping up. So this is really a conversation that, um, you know, needed to get started even before the pandemic, but really has been accelerated by the lockdown periods, I, I would think. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Mm. You know, languishing is actually a buzzword that we've been hearing a lot, right? Um, it's not a new term. Um, in fact, it's been like discussed over like by psychologists like years ago. But it's something that we get to see a lot more because of the change, the unprecedented change that we're seeing in the world right now. Mm. So, you know, day in, day out, we've bombarded with um, negative news. Um, and we end up being sipping in this negative emotion and slowly it affects us unknowingly mm. because it happens slowly and over time. And the danger is about 
you know, when it starts happening, we don't really notice it. Mm. And it's because also it's not as severe as having, you know, clinical depression. So the symptoms might not be as obvious enough for us to pick up. So that's why I think, you know, having uh, some sharing about this will help us know how to like notice the motivation, how that looks like will help Mm. us, you know, improve our lives as well. Uh, you mentioned now that it's really important to share and to talk about this and to get past the stigma of, of feeling this way and to have these conversations. So let's start by breaking down, uh, you know, what exactly is demotivation and how can you recognize it in people? Right. So before we start, like, um, just to ask you, Christine, well, what is demotivation to you yourself? Um, I mean, I guess to me, I would define demotivation as not wanting to do stuff, which I think I know is quite vague, but that's sort of uh, where my brain is at. Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely right. You know, the word, the want, um, that's absolutely right. So motivation is about the desire, you know, having a desire to act or behave in a certain way towards achieving a goal, right? And there are many ways that we can tell if someone is experiencing a loss of motivation. So Mm -hmm. here's an example, right? Um, Let's talk about James. So, you know, James as a person who is very punctual. He's always on time. He likes to start work early. So at the beginning of, you know, transitioning into working from home, he's still able to maintain that early schedule, mm-hmm. right? But probably, you know, it's been one and a half years, probably the last few months, he started to notice that he's clocking in later and later, mm. right? And, and to be clear, it's not because he's adjusting his schedule, you know, maybe he has a family and, you know, got kids. It's not because of that, but you also notice that he's getting quieter in meetings. Mm-hmm. There's less input from him. And then when we talk about his tasks, right, it's actually taking a longer time to complete, hmm. right? So that's how it might look like for James in the workspace. So over in his personal space, let's say James' baby, he has a WhatsApp group chat. You know, ones that he has with uh, his college buddies, right? Mm-hmm. So he's probably one of the most active person, always on the go, initiating chats or maybe sharing random jokes, right? But now you're starting to see a change in him, right? He doesn't really reply to messages, hmm. Or even if he does reply, it's probably just one or two words. So that's how a motiv- demotivation can look like. Hmm. And I think, you know, it's important to note that it's this is only one example and that demotivation can manifest itself uh, in many different ways. But yeah. generally speaking, it seems to uh, manifest with a sort of withdrawal or, or an absence right. of presence, right? Like there's sort of less enthusiasm, there's less, uh, you know, interaction with this person. Uh, and I think what is important to note as well is that sometimes this can be subtle to the point where you may not actually even notice. So um, as a personal note, I think it's really important to make an active point of checking in on the people around you because they may be demotivated and you may not even realize. Um, so, That's you know, so yeah. So, so tell me a little bit about... Once you're able to define demotivation, once you're able to recognize the signs, right? What as a person can you do if you recognize those signs within yourself and you are starting to realize that you are becoming demotivated? What can you do to hopefully kickstart that motivation again? Right. Okay. So Christine, like um, for a person, right, to motivate yourself, that can be really hard. I Mm -hmm. think we've all been through that, right? So the first step that I'd like to share is about keeping informed of what works best for you. Mm-hmm. So in other words, um, keeping yourself educated, right? So not everyone has a good sense of self-awareness. Self-awareness hereby means like having information about yourself, knowing your own character. So knowing about what works for you, mm-hmm. what gets you energized, or even like methods that are personalized to you that helps you keep motivated. 
So all the, having all this information is the fundamental step towards building your motivation. Mm-hmm. Right? And let me explain further why that is important. So have you heard of that phrase, head first or heart first? Uh, no, I haven't actually. So tell me a bit about that. Okay, right. So head first is when we make decisions based on logic, pure mm-hmm. logic. Right? But for a person who is heart first, they tend to follow the emotions. So they make decisions based on emotions. So mm-hmm. humans are emotional creatures. A lot of us are heart first. So what we do is we tend to make decisions based on the heart, on emotions, right? And these people, they need to feel connected to the outcome. Mm-hmm. So when they have a goal, they need to know like, how does that look like? You know, how does the end goal look like before they can even take the steps towards reaching that goal, right? So... But, you know, if a person is already feeling unmotivated, right, you don't have that want, like you said, the want, right? You mm. don't have that drive. Um, it's going to be a huge gap for them to reach that goal, mm. right? So how do we close that gap? So I'm just borrowing this from a psychologist, another psychologist, right? Mm-hmm. His name is Scott Geller. So he shares, and this is not based on common sense, it's based on research. Mm-hmm. So he shares that feeling competent is one of the components that influences self-motivation. Right. Right. So keeping yourself informed, like knowing what works best for you. Right. So because there are a lot of tips and tricks out there on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you know which one works for you? And if you use those that doesn't work for you, it doesn't work, right? And if you fail, you actually end up feeling more unmotivated. And you might just give up, right? Because you don't know any better. Mm -hmm. So my advice would be to keep yourself informed. Understand yourself first, what works best for you, and then compare and analyze. And then you'll kind of like develop your own process or maybe develop your own steps mm. that is personalized to you. Mm-hmm. And when you actually have that in mind, like a rough gauge, that actually makes you feel better because you can answer to yourself like, I know I can do this because I have the process to do that. Mm. Some people might find that taking a task in little chunks of time, you know, might be what works for them, right? You, uh, let's say, uh, working on a project and you've got a little 10 minutes and then you take a 10-minute break and then, you know, sometimes that works for some people. For other people, maybe it's, you know, doing something exciting or enjoyable before that and then just putting your head down and getting it all done within an hour, you know. Uh, But it's about, yeah, taking that process, taking that time to figure out, okay, uh, in, a, in a way, which again sounds quite simple, but what, what does motivate you, but in the short term, like in the smaller steps, even like as a, as a child, you know, learning a piano, for example, it's that thing of putting candy on the keys. And then when you, exactly. right, when, like, yeah. you know, when you are able to play the piece correctly, you get to eat the candy. Fantastic. Right. And, and, and it's small incentives like that, that I think really go a long way towards building motivation again. Yep. Yep. So I'd like to build on that, right? So Christine, mm-hmm. maybe as you shared your story about having candies on the, I mean, after you finished completing <laughs> playing the piano, right? Yeah. So um, is it right to say that maybe you enjoy desserts? Well, I enjoy food. That's really what that is. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so if you understand that you like food, right? Mm. It's something that you can kind of weave into your activities. Mm-hmm. So that's what you actually, you actually did when you were young, right? You, you try to incorporate something that you enjoy into the task that you need to complete. Mm. And that actually makes it easier to motivate yourself to reach the end goal. Right. And also, it's, again, when you enjoy doing something or when you feel, uh, you know, accomplished from doing something, you're going to want to do the thing. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So you mentioned also about um, chunking up the goals, right? So let's say if you have a huge goal, again, the gap is going to be overwhelming. It's right. going to be, you know, it's going to be looking too far away to reach. So breaking it up into smaller manageable goals and each time you hit that little milestones, mm -hmm. that little win actually builds your motivation to the next level. Mm. Totally. All right, well, we're going to take a short break for some messages. But after that, I will continue speaking to Adeline Yee from Leadernomics all about cracking the code for motivation here on BFM 89.9. Beautiful, festive moments. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong, and as today is the first Monday of the month, I have a representative from Leadernomics online with me. Uh, this is Adeline Yi, who is the customer success partner at Leadernomics, and today we're talking about cracking the code for motivation. Before the break, we talked about the effect that the pandemic has had on staying motivated, as well as how to recognize demotivation, and also how to slowly break down how to regain motivation as well. Uh, this includes being self-aware and figuring out what works for you. What we've discussed so far is very uh, intrinsic. It's something that an individual person can do, but sometimes motivation is also something that needs to come from an extrinsic source or that is affected by extrinsic sources. You know, uh, maybe your uh, home situation is not ideal. Maybe your work situation is not ideal. The pandemic in general has been an extrinsic situation that no one can control that has definitely not been ideal, right? So can you tell me a little bit about that and how we can work through that when our demotivation is sort of stemming, or at least it feels like stemming from an external source. Right. Thank you, Christine, for bringing that up. I mean, that's so true, right? Many a times, like, you know, especially in restricted environments, again, like at work, um, you have to do things which are driven by extrinsic goals, right? Things like material or social gains or even avoidance of, of punishment. Hmm. So my advice is still the best way to go around is still to try tie intrinsic reasons, mm -hmm. But let's just say to answer your question, you know, in situations that you can't, right? So that's why we try to bring in the concept of community here. Right. So community is also another component which influences self-motivation. So here's how it happens. When people feel a sense of connection, when they feel related to each other, they naturally feel more motivated and happier. Right. So what happens is in a community is you have a social support system. Hmm. Yep. So where you discuss about things you have common interest in, or let's say you have a problem, right? And you come together and discuss it in a group, or you have events that you like to celebrate, you celebrate them together. So what happens is all this actually gives a collected meaning, mm -hmm. a greater purpose of what you can achieve in a group. Mm -hmm. So find your support system, but that's okay if you don't have, you can't find any. It's okay. You can just start small and build your own mini group, mm -hmm. right? Just to keep you going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it doesn't need to be something. Uh, it doesn't need to be something huge as well. Uh, you know, it can just be um, sending uh, a friend a text whenever you do a walk, for instance, right? Like just to be like, hey, I did a walk. I did good, right? Like, and to get that sort of. Um, uh, that sort of affirmation, right? That, you know, and that support, even though it's a very small thing, uh, I think, again, it's about having that um, incentive to keep going. Exactly, right. And Christine, actually, there's nothing too small. 
mm-hmm. when you're unmotivated, every little step counts. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. might think that's small, but actually if you do it consistently, that kind of builds up a system in you, you know, that recognition, the affirmation. Mm-hmm. And as mm-hmm. time goes, you know, it kind of establishes it and it reinforces the, um, the steps you're trying to do. And I think the best part of that and the best part of getting the community involved is that once you're doing that, the other benefit is that you are actually maintaining and growing the relationships in your life by staying connected with them through this process. So, uh, you know, it's it's talking a little bit about, um, you know, communities, talking about getting more people involved as well. And uh, generally speaking, that seems to tie in towards essentially having a much healthier lifestyle, right? You know, I think the pandemic has isolated a lot of us and getting back in touch with the people um, that we want to have in our lives, uh, you know, through what you've mentioned before is really, really important. Um, And I think another element here is generally caring for your well-being, right? And uh, making sure that you are uh, essentially addressing your basic needs as well as, you know, looking towards community, looking at motivating yourself. So tell me a little bit about that. Right, so Christine, um, when it comes to keeping yourself motivated is mm-hmm. never a single factor, not never a single component to do it. So really to be more holistic, another thing that we should consider about is caring for our well-being. Right? And we, you know, it's very natural for us to dive right into the actions to, you know, follow step A, B, C. I've got the playbook already, right? I'm keeping myself informed. Let's dive right into that. But, you know, there's also that physical part that we need to take care of because, you know, the body is connected to the mind. Right. So, you know, we're talking about physiological needs, right? And, you know, if I could borrow from Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, he talks about theory on human motivation, right? Mm. So in his theory, he talks about that, you know, when we're at an initial level, that level of need has to be fulfilled before we go on to the more complex level, Mm -hmm. right? So, and, you know, based on his theory, the most basic need is actually the physiological need, yeah. right? Where it talks about our physical needs, like food, are we getting enough food? Are we getting enough sleep? You know, do we have like proper shelter? You know, and think about it, if we're even struggling to meet these most basic needs, mm-hmm. how do we even move up to higher levels? Right. You know, levels that deal with our esteem, feeling accomplished, right? How do we move to the highest level, which is self-actualization? Mm-hmm the part where we want to achieve one's full of potential. Right. You know, where we start to be creative. Hmm. So, you know, it's I guess it's asking yourself questions like, you know, are you eating well? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you moving enough? You know, and, and enough is different for everyone as well. Let's make that clear. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely it's about making sure that those needs are met. Uh, first before you start to think about you know what else you could do to to move further and you know I think that that's something that is is really important to take care of your physical well-being but as you mentioned the mind and the body are connected right so once you've sort of addressed these basic needs with your body let's move on to how you can address the basic needs for your mind as well right so caring for your mind is also very important right again Mm -hmm. we're our body is connected to the mind. So let's talk about how we can care for our mind. And to give you an example, one popular way that we can do it, something very simple, is actually practicing gratitude, right? So, I mean, let's go about pandemic, right? Since the pandemic started, we've been consistently bombarded day in, day out again with negative news. And it's no surprise that we're all predisposed to a negative outlook on Mm -hmm. life, on the future, right? So, 
when you generally have a negative outlook on the future, you kind of like question the purpose of why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. all right? But practicing gratitude for what you already have right now, no matter how small it is, right? It helps to shift our thoughts to a more positive outlook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. It can even be something as small as, uh, I'm grateful for the nice breeze today. I'm grateful for um, honey butter crisps. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Um, things that just, those small things that get you through your day are, are actually in the long term, they really build, you know, that that feeling of, of gratitude, I think. Yep. Um, so again, Christine, like, even though on the surface, it might sound small, but if you do it again and again, right, mm-hmm. it actually reinforces that pathway in your brain mm-hmm. right, and helps you shift slowly. It trains the brain to look at things in a more positive way. Mm. Right? Yeah, definitely. So finally, Adeline, you know, after having this conversation about motivation and, and cracking the code, right, let's let's do a little bit of a summary here. What are the, the core steps, right, towards uh, achieving a sense of motivation again? So just to give a summary, right, Christine? So the core steps to achieving, um, to boost back your motivation, the first is like keeping yourself informed, right? Keeping educated on what works for you. Mm-hmm. The second is caring for your well-being, right? And then the third is designing achievable goals. Mm-hmm. So when you design achievable goals, that's where you find a greater purpose to keep you focused on your direction. Mm, fantastic. Uh, all right. I think uh, we also do have to mention very briefly that, you know, if you are feeling demotivated and disconnected uh, to an extent that it's really affecting you, uh, you know, don't be afraid to seek professional help. Um, you know, there are definitely some resources out there that you can find on the Internet uh, to help you with that as well. Um, so thank you very much, Adeline, for sharing with me today all about cracking the code uh, for motivation here. Thank you, Christine. All right. You've been listening to Raise Your Game. I'm Christine Wong. I've been speaking to Adeline Yi, Customer Success Partner at Leaderonomics, all about cracking the code for motivation. If you've missed any of today's conversation, you can go ahead and download our app. So you can find that app on our Apple App Store or Google Play. You can also head over to our website, bfm.my, to listen back to the podcast. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.